0: You're listening to a Mint podcast, brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi everyone, this is Shovik, and welcome to the Mint TechCetera podcast. I cover technology for Mint, where we try to make boring tech sound cool for you and hope that we don't end up making cool tech sound boring. Tune in as we decode the latest from the world of technology in India and around the world every week. By the time you'd be hearing this, the GST Council's meet would have already taken place on the 2nd of August and a certain level of clarity would have at least come through for online gaming companies in India. Now, this has been a hotly contested topic in the country in the sense that the entire online gaming industry of India hangs on the balance of what the final decision of the GST Council will be when it comes to how the sector is taxed. Chances are that if you've been tuned into the overall news cycle when it comes to online gaming startups, you've already heard of the taxation conundrum that has been plaguing this sector. A group of ministers came together to decide that the entire online gaming industry should be taxed at a much higher slab, that is, the highest tax slab of 28% in goods and services tax. Now, to be sure, the online gaming industry needs a little bit of a finer definition. You shouldn't take it as everything that's related to online gaming per se, but instead focus on online gaming in the form of only real money games. Think of this as the multiple rummy games that you might see in the online advertisements that you find when you browse online or on social media. And this would also include fantasy games, which you would have heard of commonly in the form of Dream 11, My 11 Circle and so on and so forth. Now, there have been much contention and debate with relation to these games. A bunch of people have claimed that these games are essentially gambling since they rely more on chance rather than skill, whereas on the other side, the debate has been that these games require a certain skill. For instance, when you're picking your Dream 11 team, you would need a certain amount of skill and understanding of the game of cricket to know which player to pick for the next IPL match. These debates have been balanced back and forth between different parties and the overall legal precedent in the country has been in favour of the online gaming real money operators in the sense that they do have a certain level of skill. This, the entire industry cited as reason enough for them being considered to be games of skill and therefore be differentiated from gambling and therefore be differentiated in terms of taxation as well. I know, There are a lot of dead force in that statement. But anyway, we digress. The entire real money gaming industry has been clamoring for a relaxation of the taxation norms. Over time, they've claimed that the 28% GST rate is fine, but that should be imposed only on their net earnings and not on their gross revenue. Now, this is the finest point to understand over here because there is a big difference between gross revenue and net earnings. The gross revenue refers to the entire amount of money that is earned by the company. Think of this as a gamer yourself, where if you go to a Rami platform and you put in 100 rupees to play the game. Now, when you put in that money, that entire money becomes a part of the overall money that has been pooled into the platform and contributes to the company's gross revenue. Earnings, on the other hand, would be a slim margin. For instance, on any platform, For a 100 rupee entry fee, a platform might deduct 10 rupees as their entry charges and let you play or, well, in certain cases, the word bet has been used with the remaining 90 rupees. That 10 rupees forms the company's overall earnings. And companies have claimed that the overall taxation that they're imposed should be on this 10 rupees and not the entire 100 rupees that a player bets in when participating in any game. However, on the 11th of July, the 50th GST Council meet came together and decided that the online gaming sector will be taxed at 28% of their entire full face value or their gross revenue. It is at this point that the entire sector came together to state that this could have a devastating impact. In fact, on the 21st of July, 30 venture capital firms, including leading ones such as Peak 15 Partners, Kaladi Capital, Lumikai and Tiger Global Management, came together to write a letter to the Prime Minister urging his intervention in the matter. Their claim, according to some mathematics that was done in the report, is that if the entire taxation is imposed at the rate that has been recommended by the GST Council, then the taxation responsibility or the tax quantum for all of these companies would go up by 1100 percent. Seriously, what is 1100 percent? But anyway, their entire recommendation was that if other mechanisms are also implemented where the tax is imposed only on the participating value, but not on the winnings of the players in these online gaming tournaments. They also said that the tax quantum will increase by 350 percent or nearly three and a half times which would have a devastating impact on the real-money gaming startups. But are the companies seeing all of this to just get a favorable decision in terms of taxation? Well, not quite. Industry experts and consultants state that the average margin of the entire online gaming sector put together, and when we say put together, this obviously means that there is a certain amount of difference in the margins between the larger companies and the smaller companies, But on an average, the operating margins of most of the companies is less than 10%. On top of that, the entire claim is that taxation on full face value means that the company is being taxed even for the amount that a player puts in for a certain tournament. But the entire precedent lies in the fact that generally companies have been taxed on the amount that they've earned and not on their top line or the revenue. But the GST council's decision seems to have gone against the online gaming startup community, which means that most of the firms are now staring at a massive tax liability that is unlikely to be revised in haste. But does that really mean that the startups in question are going to struggle in order to survive? Well, there is some truth to this as well. Let's say that the operating margin of most of these companies lies south of 10%. In that case... A taxation rate of 28% on the overall revenue means that the tax liability of these companies would be higher than the amount of money that they earn. A precedent to this could be found in the Karnataka High Court's ruling in favour of Gamescraft, where the Directorate General of GST Intelligence claimed a tax liability of 21,000 crore as against Gamescraft's computed and paid tax of 1,500 crore, which represents a massive difference in the quantum. During the company's arguments in court, Gamescraft's lawyers argued that the company's entire revenue for the past 5 years from FY22 was 8,000 crore in 5 years taken together. In comparison to that, imposing a taxation liability of 21,000 crore just for one year did seem disproportionate. On top of that, industry consultants and experts state that there is no such global precedent to such a tax rate. Most countries, including the UK and most states in the United States, tax online gaming startups on their net earnings and not on their gross revenue. The only nations which still tax online gaming startups on their gross revenue is France and Germany and a few other European geographies, where online gaming startups are taxed at 1.8% in France and 5.3% in Germany. Experts state that even this taxation comes in at a much lower quantum in comparison to the 28% tax that is being imposed in the country in India. Now, by the time you'd be hearing this, there is all likelihood that there would be a firm decision on the online gaming GST quantum that would have been released, at least for now, until the GST decision is enacted into law with amendment of the GST Act. And that would, of course, give scope for the online gaming startups to challenge the taxation decision in front of the Supreme Court. But until then, there's a good chance that the taxation would have been finalized. And if this comes in at 28%, here are the things that could happen. One, gamers that go to all of these platforms to play Rummy and fantasy sports such as fantasy football teams and fantasy cricket teams might end up seeing that they are getting far less of their money's worth when it comes to the input value and the amount that they can play with. In other words, if you pay 200 rupees to enter a tournament, you might most likely be getting 190 rupees to play on this tournament. However, in future, if such a tax quantum is imposed, if you put in 200 rupees, you might be getting much less to play with since companies might try to pass on the tax burden over to the gamers. But this would not really be a favorable reason, would it? As a casual gamer, you're not really looking to throw your money away and you're not really a hardcore gamer who's invested in the game at a very niche level. So chances are that when you're playing such a game, you're most likely looking at it as a casual way to kill your time and also, subliminally, to earn some money. But you wouldn't want to earn some money by throwing away 50% of your money at the start, would you? So, this is one of the things that can happen where the games operators try to pass on the tax liability onto the gamers themselves. The other thing, of course, is that if the companies decide to absorb the tax rate onto themselves, they would definitely find it difficult to sustain since this amount of taxation will eat into their ability to spend on tech solutions and employee services. As a result, smaller companies might face the threat of shutting down or shifting their focus to other areas. Industry experts also say that these companies may consider a separate subscription model to circumvent this entire taxation structure or consider other titles such as casual games and esports. However, the challenge here is that real-money games have a definite route to organic growth whereas casual games and esports is meant not only for just a niche audience but also required these startups to spend much more on marketing purposes in order to grow as a result the growth in casual gaming and esports sectors is not or has not been as sharp as real money gaming growth has been the reason for this does seem obvious doesn't it because at the end of the day if you can casually play a game on your way back home and earn a few extra bucks as part of the game Why wouldn't you want to try it, right? But the collateral here is that the lookout for an alternate revenue path for all the real money gaming startups means that they'll have to find a way to earn money that is not as organically inclined towards growth the way real money gaming has been. Consultants say that growth and stickiness in casual games is much lesser than what it has been in the real money sector. As a result most companies might end up pivoting or sell out to the larger ones or club together to consolidate the entire market once such a taxation comes into force. Most parties still remain slightly optimistic in the sense that they say that this taxation rate will likely be challenged and as a result, it might see some sort of a revision in months or maybe even years to come. But until then, it does seem to be a pretty tricky, bumpy road ahead for most real-money gaming startups in the country. But how would the real-money gaming taxation saga pan out in the distant future? That's something that we'll only find out as time flies. That's it for now. See you next time. So that's that for this episode. We really hope that you enjoyed what we discussed. And if you have suggestions in terms of what more we can cover as part of our podcast, do let us know. You can catch me at distant vicinity on Twitter and at Shavik Das on Instagram. Thank you so much. See you next time. To stay updated on this podcast, follow us at HT Smartcast on all the major social media platforms. To listen to more such podcasts, log on to www.htsmartcast.com.